Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm so excited that you were wanted to tune into the episode this week. Before we get into our guest, I want to thank our amazing sponsor, Optimum Nutrition Athletics. We all know that protein is the key to muscle and recovery, and Gold Standard's 100% best-selling whey protein provides 24 grams of protein that mixes easily using just a glass and spoon. The Gold Standard 100% whey is made in their state-of-the-art facility. It's banned substance tested by Informed Choice. And with Optimum Nutrition Athletics Program, you can get different items such as their Pro Gainer, which is their Mass Gainer, protein snacks such as their crisp bars, wafers, cake bites, and almonds. And after dominating the sports and nutrition industry for over 30 years, newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings that same trust and quality that knows how to put convenient options for protein in the hands of athletes who desire to become bigger, stronger, and better at their sport. If you want to get this into facility to your athletes, Dave Harvey's information is going to be down in the show notes. You can email him to see how you can get that into your facility. I highly suggest that you reach out to him. This is some great products, guys. Every single day I use their powders, their ways, uh, their casings. Love the snacks. Really quick and easy and on the go. Uh, the vanilla marshmallow one is definitely my favorite. So make sure you reach out to Dave Harvey of Optimum Nutrition Athletics. Thank you so much for being our sponsor. And, uh, again, just reach out to him. It's down there in the show notes, guys. For our guest this week is Jordan Tingman. So she is a competitive weightlifter and also a strength and conditioning coach. I really enjoy this episode where we kind of get into the mindset of uh, being a strength coach, but not also with her, you know, her competitive side where she's a very high, highly competitive Olympic weightlifter. She's got some awesome lifts. Uh, if you want to reach out to her, she gives her information in here and it's down in the show notes as well. Make sure you reach out to her. Thank you so much, Jordan, for being the guest this week. Thank you to all of our past guests and our future guests. And thank you to everybody that listens to this podcast. Make sure you give it that five-star and Apple reviews. Uh, and then help us you know, just get the word out to everybody that we possibly can. I can't thank you guys enough for everything that you do in helping create this podcast and, and make it what it is. So thank you to everybody that listens. Thank you to our guests. Again, thank you to Optimum Nutrition Athletics. Thank you to Jordan for being our guest this week. And everybody, stay strong. Hey guys, welcome to the Strength Talking Shop podcast. Super excited to have Jordan Tingman on this week's uh, episode. What's going on, Jordan? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Nothing, just chilling here. Excited to have you on the podcast. We talked a little bit beforehand and uh, I said that I wanted to have you on last year, but things got crazy, but we're having you on now. So how's 2021 going for you? <laughs> 2021 is a whole uh, four days long and you know we're we're already crushing it you know setting goals hashtag uh, new new year new me yeah no I would say like new year better me it sounds yes. like I'm, I'm pretty much the same person I'm just refining um and growing I guess but yeah um it's going good it's been it was a busy like holiday two weeks it seemed like just because we had Christmas and then we had New Year's like within the same like Friday to Friday so it just seemed like one really really long weekend but I'm cool with it um but yeah so I'm back in back in Boise for a little bit and then gonna be making some moves pretty soon <laughs> so yeah um, that's awesome yeah that's, that's so where I'm at 2021 that's awesome I love the new year um, I could go without the resolution stuff, but it's, it's always nice to turn the page, 
you know, get things rolling. This is my favorite time of the year, honestly. I mean, I know we're coming coming out of Christmas, but like going from Thanksgiving to Christmas to the new year, I mean, it's like my favorite time of the year, just being around family. This year obviously stunk because of uh, a certain virus out there, but you know how it is. Yeah. Hey, but so. at least you got to celebrate all those holidays with your baby, right? New, Ex- new first all the time. It's like now you get a whole entire year of first. So that's super, that's like always really fun. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool uh everybody you know we had so many pictures to take and outfits so that was probably like one of the best parts oh yeah it was really cool it's like hey man this was your first christmas like look at this ridiculous outfit that we put you in (laughs) yeah and then of course like we look back at them like however many years later and we're like wow that was cool that was cool to do that to your kid like i met i was talking to my mom i like found a picture from christmas when i was like one probably and I had the most obnoxious hat on. And I was like, mom, like, why did you dress? Like, always had a hat on. And it was, like, a thing. And I was like, why? Why is that, like, a... And now I feel like it's, like, if they're girls, they're wearing, like, the cute little, like, hair tie things. Yep, right here. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, that's how you define... I guess, like, their thing was, like, okay, she's a girl because she's wearing this cute floral hat. <laughs> like, like, that's, like, the thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The identifiers. Like, if it's a boy, he's wearing dinosaurs or he's yeah. wearing bear, bears. Uh, if it's girl... Yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Exactly perfect. But no, it, it's awesome. Um, I'm excited for everything that's going on here. I know you're excited as well. You know, what's, like, uh, do you have a... I was just going to get into it. Do you have a plan on your lifting? I know we're going to get talking to coaching, but I selfishly want to yeah. talk about your lifting. Yeah. What's the plans for 2021? Um, I would just say, like, I have, like, always, like, PR goals for 2021. I would like to break into the 190 total um, realm. I don't know. that. Like, that's just kind of my PR, like, total goal, which I – I'm just so close to it. I just got to hit it in competition. So like that would be my first goal. Like if I could hit that at nationals, hopefully in June, like that would be like my first goal. And then I don't know, just like, I always just like have technique goals, like that I just like want to hammer in super hard because I know my strength is there. Like if I compare myself to the top five girls in my weight class right now, like got a pretty comparable like pole squat so there's really just like okay we got to figure out those little things that are keeping me from hitting that top 10 like ranking so yeah yeah. do you get I have a question this is a question I have for and I wonder with people that compete so I compete in powerlifting as well and do you kind of get that like you talked about like a meat like got to hit it in the meats because do you get this like meat like anxiety maybe like a week out beforehand you know what I mean yeah yeah I've like definitely had like this weird streak where I get like I don't even know if it has to do with like cutting too much too fast or like or cutting too much too early I mean Mm -hmm. Uh, or what it is but for like because we just have snatch and clean and jerk and for whatever reason I get super psyched out for snatch and I don't know what it is and that's what like one of my goals for is like even just like technically right now is just to be like make every training day just as competitive as a competition day. So like, yeah. okay, well, you got 60 seconds to make this snatch right now. Like you're stop setting up for five set five hundred hours, like just do the snatch and do it well. Um I just I don't know, like nationals this last year, 
I just totally flunked on Snatch. <laughs> I was so bummed because uh, the week before I hit 100%, totally good to go. And then that week of, I missed like, I think like 85% in like one of our just like normal training days. And I was like psyched from that point on. I was like, I don't think I know how to snatch anymore. And I don't like, uh, I've three days a week for the last two years. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so it's just like done things like that. So I'm definitely working on that. Like not like even speaking into existence that I'm going to mess up again. Like really yeah. just like being like, okay, well, um, there's a book, it takes what it takes. Um, and I was they were even just talking about like any sort of negative mindset or talk is literally going to define your outcome, no matter like when it is, like if you say it, it's like you already speaking it to like, speaking it into existence. So just don't say it. Like yeah. that's that's kind of like what my next goal is, I guess, in training. Well, I think those are really important goals, and it's something that even for myself, I thought about for 2021. It's like, how present am I during the workouts? Even like sometimes you're just passively thinking about like through an exercise yeah, or through a workout. And you're like, Oh, I just did that whole workout. Like did I really just, I just did the weights really. And that's not to say it's a bad thing, but how present can we really be in those lifts and how much will those probably improve to help on meet day? Like we're talking about, like you said, like, I don't yeah. know. I think it'll, I mean, especially in Olympic weightlifting, just being like the most technical sport, like, yeah, oh, yeah. He, like I don't listen to music during, like I do well during my squats and like my accessory work, but like during my like actual lifts, I try to not listen to music unless it's just like the CrossFit class in the background. Um, because I just need to focus on the cues of like the one or two cues and my coach is like honing in my head all the time. I'll write them down in my notebook and just make sure like okay am I doing that like am I executing it the way he wants me to even if it messes up another cue at least I'm like being coachable you know exactly Uh, like and then all adds up later on like usually I give an example like last week we had like deficit snatch pull plus snatch the first week that we had done it um I wasn't pushing my knees back but I was getting really vertical um, but then the second week I was like, okay, just push your knees back. And then it just like adds in every week. So it's just like, okay, like you took that cue, you just add one more. And sometimes like you won't, maybe I wouldn't finish my pole as well as I did the first week, but like, it'll slowly start coming together. Even if you're just bringing it into consciousness, like exactly, usually, usually something happens <laughs> unless it's like really blatant and you're like, no, you're literally not pushing your knees back, but pretty pretty okay I'm getting better at that (laughs) (laughs) how how important is it the fact that you have a coaching background to be able to be coachable as an athlete does that make sense um I think that it's really helpful like if I thing that I tell anybody is like if you have not like done the lifts by like with I don't know I just done the lifts for so long like not being coached um that I felt like I was like at a level where I could just be coached and like understand what he meant right but I think also having that coaching background it's like you see this stuff all like you like especially working in college like you see this stuff all the time if you're a coach who utilizes Olympic lifts at least or even just like lifts in general that you like okay I, I know how that guy pulls that clean maybe I can make my clean look like that because that's what he's telling me to do if that makes sense so yeah I feel like it's definitely helpful, but I think it's just like even being coached has helped me be a 
become a better coach. Right. Like, I always just tell, I've, I've told everybody like, no, like stop programming for yourself. I know it's fun, but if you can turn around and have somebody program for you, you learn so much about, yeah. at least if you're hiring somebody good. Right. Um, but you'll learn from you everybody. Um, like I always had, like, you want to not be the smartest person in the room, like hire somebody who can coach you, even if it's just like general fitness. Like if you're a strength coach and you're like, yo, I just want to like, I want to get like, I want, like, I don't know the three, like uh, powerlifting, right? Like maybe don't coach yourself or maybe just follow somebody else's program. Cause you're going to learn what you like and what you don't like all the time or like you're going to learn different cues all the time but I just think like getting that video feedback or just getting that like even over like voice memo or text message just like two things like I can see that so much better in somebody else now that I'm a better coach for it right when you said it too there a little bit is it kind of keeps you what it does it keeps you accountable with everything that you do and like I know personally with my own lifts like I'll end up doing the stuff that I want to do, not necessarily the things that I have to do. Yeah. Uh, and that's where that coach comes in and then it helps you. And then, I mean, how many times do we do that with our athletes where they would love to be doing uh, tries and buys all day, every day. But if they did that, they wouldn't be the the athlete that we need them to be coming out of the weight room. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm making excuses. And like, I, yeah. I, I tried programming for myself for about three months. I was in like this <laughs> weird hiatus of like, I don't know, like being tired of paying for like $10 programs right. and like not getting a coach. There was like a good, it was during like football season too. So I literally just was like trying to just do lifts, coach myself, see where it went. And it went so horribly. <laughs> and I was, I just felt like I would just like get through my main blocks and then be like, Oh, I just, I don't really want to do the accessory work today. But when you have somebody writing it for you and you're paying for it, like it's just a whole different game also I don't like yeah and it also helps I feel like having somebody have goals for you with you yeah because they're there for the journey and they want to like Matt Rhodes said this best he's like as a coach when he's talking to sport coaches it's like I want to get a ring you want to get a ring if we work together we can both get the ring you know what yeah. I mean yeah. that's exactly I what the, the coach is for yeah and even as like being a strength coach like that's what we did with our our kids so like why shouldn't we can't we do that for ourselves <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know, yeah exactly could you give i we've gone so deep already but could you let's loop it back around real quick so for yeah. people that that don't know what give a little bit of your background and how you got into this madness of a strength conditioning oh man okay um 20 it's only 2020 i feel like i'm I feel like I've been in it for that long, but like people are gonna be like, oh my gosh, she's such a baby. But uh, in 2015 in college, I, I was a strength and conditioning intern at Washington State. Um, we had an internship program there, which was awesome because it was our minor and we got to work in the weight room as interns, like getting our minor. So any interns out there listening to this, like Washington State, if you're like interested in strength and conditioning, like I hope they still are doing it the way that they used to, which I'm pretty sure they are. But it was just a great internship. Like I I worked a lot of hours because I wanted it, but you were only required to work, I think, like 15 hours a week to get the minor. Um that that's where I started. I kind of 
literally fell into it. Like I went to Washington state to be an athletic trainer, did the observation hours and like almost died, I think. And I was just so bored and I had no idea what to do, but I knew I loved the gym and I was was like, Hey, there's a strength and conditioning minor. I was like, Oh, that sounds cool. Like strength training's fun. Cause I was just like one of those kids that was like just learning how to Olympic lift and like, just got into the gym maybe like a year ago like the end of my senior year of high school um and so when I found out about it I was like oh cool I'll just email this guy who ended up being like the most intimidating person in my life who also (laughs) turned out to be like my second dad and his name was David Lang and went into his office like super naive and he was like we're just gonna throw you in the fire and I was like uh okay (laughs) and so I entered like I'm pretty sure throughout the two years that I was there, almost every sport, I think aside from women's rowing and even that, I think I maybe did a day or so. So, and the cool thing about them is they alternate you. So like we got to do every semester, you were assigned to a team, but you got to keep that team for the whole semester, work under an assistant. And then the next semester you got to switch. And like, so you're learning from all these different assistants yeah. every realm and then like getting, getting to work with all these different sports, which I think is like the best structure. And of course, like the classes we had for the minor structured kind of like the base of knowledge that we needed for our CSCS and like just understanding just like basic programming um, and all that kind of stuff. So I think the minor was done really well. We had, I think, and at one point I was like the head intern and I, we had like 30 interns and smokes yeah because this minor is just so cool like right like into it like of course there's people that just like wanted the minor and there's people that just wanted to see if they liked it or not and I think that's the best part about it is like you you find out interning if you want to do it or not exactly yeah that that was the coolest experience coach Lang passed away when I was at my second internship um, which was really hard on me and everybody who was close with him because he was just like a second dad to all of us um, and just a great mentor. So losing him was awful. Um, but yeah, that, and he really made that whole internship like super special. Cause he definitely like, he definitely like pushed me in a way that I needed to be pushed. He's why I stopped doing CrossFit and started just <laughs> Olympic lifting. So that's pretty stereotypical, but um yeah, it was, it was really good. And then from there, I did a short internship at Ohio State. And then I think that was 2018, like the very beginning of 2018. And then got a graduate assistantship at Eastern Washington and just finished that technically during COVID because I was still doing remote coaching in like June. So Whoa. that was kind of like my college experience uh, during that kind of like transition between like getting for load and then kind of being lost went on a long road trip was like wow this is really cool life's kind of cool outside of weight rooms and was like wow maybe I don't want to go back to college and so I kind of that's kind of where I got this next job at a private facility and it's definitely been a learning experience like I definitely know that I'm not a personal trainer and I know that I need to work on my patients, which is completely true. Um, but I just do a lot better in group settings. So my next endeavor will be, I'm not going to really like talk about it yet, but like I'm going to be working in more of like a group training 
slash starting a high school program at a private facility that doesn't have it yet. And it's small, it's like small business owned, like it's not a franchise. So it's going to be a little bit different, a little bit more personal, but I get to kind of be in charge of all of it, which is my goal, I guess. So um, that's my next move. And that is kind of what I was going to say earlier. It's kind of full circles because I've kind of gotten to a point where I want to be selfish and I want to kind of start that next part of my life. And I don't feel like I can do that to the best of my ability in college strength, unfortunately. No. And that is a, that's the realization that a lot of coaches have. Um, I had it for myself in 2019 where I was like, it's not worth it anymore. There's Mm -hmm. other things that I want to do that collegiate strength and conditioning is just not going to get me. And I think this pandemic is going to show that with a lot of other coaches. I have a lot of conversations with them where it's like, they're realizing the $20,000 a year or whatever it is. And it's sad. You see these universities are cutting these college football head coaches for millions and millions of dollars, but yet they're cutting programs, furloughing people. Yeah. And they say they have no money. You know, that to me is frustrating. So why would you, I mean, that's, that's really, really, really tough in my opinion, but I want to go back real quick though to when you fell into this, right. Was it intimidating at first? Because um, you're like, are all these macho men and like, you're the female I've worked with females before. And they all tell me like in the beginning, they were, they were like the macho guys, testosterone, and they just crushed them right in the face with it. And just got, the, you know, cause of confidence or something like that. I don't know. What was it like for you in the beginning? I kind of loved it. I don't know. Like I, I like, I definitely thrive in that kind of environment just because yeah. like I train really hard and like, that's, I love doing that. And so I kind of always had like a, a respect thing with people I've worked with is just like okay like she doesn't she knows what she's doing um and I had a decent amount of like training background like in like understanding of programming before I started it so I think that kind of helped um of course like the first like I'd say semester I was probably just like super scared but the first assistant I worked under was a female so okay that probably like softened it a little bit yes some of the other people I worked with intimidated me but I don't know I didn't think it was that bad and I think I don't know like everywhere I've gone like I've always like gone and talked shop with people for a couple seconds like I've never been in an, I have yet to go to a place where I'm like you guys intimidate me <laughs> Because usually they're like, oh my God, why are your quads so big? And how much do you squat? And I'm always (laughs) like, oh yeah. Like we just talk about that and like talk about training and usually it goes pretty well. I don't know. I've never really been scared though. I've been, I've been like tested and that scared me, but. That's my question. Like did athletes ever try and test you and like try and go above you or something like that? Not, Not really the athletes, more just like coaches who wanted me to be better um gotcha and like it would just be little things like that I needed to catch and just understand and I I'm like I appreciate that they didn't treat me any differently than the guys like in the internship so like if a guy got yelled at for yawning like I I never did it but I would also get yelled at for yawning and I appreciate that like I would rather not have somebody be like I literally know where this has happened. Everybody's treating me exactly the same everywhere I've been, but I've never wanted somebody to be softer on me. 
Right. Makes sense. Like, oh, yeah, I want you to listen to me, <laughs> which doesn't always happen, but I, I've never wanted somebody to treat me differently because I'm a girl. Right. What advice would you give to other, uh, you know, female, you know, female listeners that are maybe wanting to become a strength coach? Um, find out what kind of strength coach you want to be. I think that going through the college route is really helpful because you learn how to be the probably the best kind of coach. And because you're shoved in a really fast environment, you have to think really quickly. You have to act really quickly. You have to adjust really quickly. You have to understand programming, just demands a sport, needs yeah. analysis like no other. You have to learn to work with other people, sport coaches more than anything. Like, yeah. And you have to learn how to disagree with people and how to not even come to terms with people and just like bite it bite the bullet and just deal with it um so I think that just like really puts you through all the ringers of like prep preparation for any other type of fitness job that you might want later on whether that's like doing your own thing doing your own programming doing your own business whatever I feel like college preps you for that but as a female like kind of go all in until you don't want to do it anymore because that's the best way you're going to learn yeah absolutely i like that i love i love that advice of just going all in i think that with just to all people should be able to do that is go all in on something what's the worst that could happen you're going to learn something out of it you know what i mean yeah i think like i would say this all the time like no matter where I've gone and if it hasn't turned out the way that I wanted it to be, I, you still learn things. Like you learn where you don't, what you want, what you don't want. Like it keeps refining like over and over and over. So you'll learn like the type of environment you want, the type of lifestyle you're looking for. And if like that job necessarily fits that or not. Well, and two, it gives you, like you said, it gives you a better understanding on where you want to maybe be at in like three to four years and take some of those things and spin it your own way. It might ignite some kind of an idea that you have and you never know, you never know where things are going to land. If you told me where I was at in my position right now, I would think you're a crazy person. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's crazy how life works and you, and you just pick up as much as you can. Um, I think Nick Saban has a great quote where he talks about, you know, be where your feet are at. So I think that's a wonderful quote. Um, I want to ask another question. You talked about patience where you're Mm -hmm. working in the uh, sports performance facility, the private facility. Talk to me, dive a little bit deeper into that. I want to know, you know, where did you kind of come to the realization of that? And what was that experience really like? I think I just like grew up an impatient person. So that like, it's just something that I've had to like get better at throughout my entire career and just even just like outside of career just like understanding everything is going to come in its time um at this facility I personal train a lot and so it's not my niche and I I'm so used to working with athletes that working with non-athletes requires a lot of patience especially being an athlete like you expect things to happen so aggressively and they don't ever have happened aggressively (laughs) and like you don't realize that people don't have like gen pop doesn't have the same mindset that athletes have all the time not that all athletes have a good mindset so that's another thing but like just being like a very motivated like just person who just wants to get after it all the time and all like aspects of life it's really hard 
for me to understand why somebody doesn't. And so I have to like really just kind of like chill out and be like, oh, it's okay that you didn't do that, but maybe next time let's try to do that. Because I'd love to say that like two hours of week of week training with me is going to do anything, but it's not. So that's the biggest issue that I've had. Um, Patience wise is just like understanding that people aren't going to do everything that you tell them to do. And I think that's even like with athletes in college, it was just like, you could tell them to eat a certain way or do a certain thing. And unless they really want to, they're not going to do it. (laughs) Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. What are some of the, uh, what are some of the things that you've seen as a coach that have really helped the athletes in the weight room uh, or outside of the weight room? What have you found to be really successful in helping them? I mean, if you can cover your recovery modalities, like, and be a pro at it, you're going to be a better athlete. Like the per- the athlete that sleeps more is in at least trying with their nutrition and eating enough is going to thrive more than anybody else. Like literally just nutrition and sleep you could probably solve most issues. I'm so um, happy that you said that because notice I said in the weight room or outside the weight room. Yeah. Listen, listen to what Jordan is saying right now, everybody. What she's saying is super, super important is the sleep and nutrition. I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep yeah, going. you're good. Um, I think that was the cool thing about Eastern is like we were kind of like a holistic kind of coach just because we didn't have nutritionists. We didn't have like access to like sports psychologists and all that stuff, like out of, at a call. So we really took it upon ourselves as a staff to like hone that stuff in all the time. Like I literally just like created challenges with nutrition, created like psychology workbooks, like all that kind of stuff. Like if you can master like that kind of stuff that has nothing, cause everybody can do the program. That's the yeah. thing. Everybody can come in and do the workout, but if it's literally, like I said, with even like the gen pop, like it's what you're doing outside of those hours that's going to make or break everything. And so if you can become the athlete that like recovers really well, is crushing it in school, like sleeping all the time, nutrition's on point, like, and it doesn't need to be on point all the time, but you're actually trying versus just Mm -hmm. like, eating whatever all the time you're gonna you're just going to do better and because it's because your body's going to be prepared enough to take on whatever's next um so that's what I would say like that's the most important thing well and you said it best as a coach if you're in one of those situations where you don't have the uh performance model that high performance model you've got to be you've got to be a jack of all trades And you better be educating those athletes. Um, I've seen schools where it's awesome, where you see they'll have little pamphlets sitting out with, if you are going to go out to eat, please try and get these things at like Panera or whatever. Like, I think that's so important as a coach to educate on all different facets, not just the programming. Cause we know how to do, like you said, we know how to do that. That's the easy part. It's the stuff outside. That's not so uh, easy. Yeah, but even just teaching them about, like, general things that you think that everybody knows, like macronutrients, they don't know. Like, and when yeah, they start looking at one. it, they're like, oh, my gosh, I only eat 80 grams of protein. Like, and it's like a lineman. And you're like, bro, you got to eat. Like, and so if you're just telling them, like, teaching them, okay, like, this is a protein. This is how much you should probably generally eat. This is a carb. This is how much you need to eat, like, per sport. 
and like this is a fat and they don't so like most people if you ask them they don't know the difference between they don't know a banana or a fruit is a carb so like teaching them those things is just like they and you think that they would know but they don't like they're 18 to 22 years old like they don't always know and so like we need to be teaching them those things just as much as we teach them how to squat well and these are things that we uh need to take advantage of because we understand this they don't necessarily understand it's the same with lifting like yeah you know you know how to teach a snatch they don't know how to teach a snatch so like yeah. you've got to be able to teach them as much as you can because they don't know what they don't know yeah that's super important to be able to teach them all those things yeah i agree yeah so as we wind down here um again very very excited that you came and did this um <laughs> What is maybe some of your advice that you would give to just other coaches in general? I know we talked about females, but just coaches in general that are, you know, in this field, um, you know, what would you give them in general? Um, I feel like I'm a baby. So I feel like sometimes people don't want to listen to what I have to say, <laughs> but I would say just like to general coaches, don't scare your athletes before you can talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Don't be the coach that, is so intimidating that nobody wants to talk to you. Um, but also make sure that you like, you have a presence that's stern, but also loving. I think that's like super important. Um, because if you don't coach out of love, you're not going to get feedback and you're yeah. not going to get the response that you want. Like as much as I want to say, like, it's a business, it is but your kids got to love you. Like, and they got to want to be there and you can tell the kids that, don't want to be there they check out they don't like participate the way that you want them to um but if they tell that you really care and that they they're actually going to get something out of it because you're like genuinely like super into it and you're like oh my gosh I know it's going to be helpful for you like actually care about you as a person like just think about how high you're going to jump and <laughs> they're like oh wow she actually really cares about us um then you're going to get so much more participation but just like so much more energy in the weight room too like it's so much it's so fun if you have a good flow and environment everybody's just like super pumped the whole yeah. time like nothing really beats that but i think it comes out of love first and not intimidation no that's some great advice got to have that relationship number one and it kind of goes full circle to what we talked about in the beginning you know how present are you with your athletes through yeah. that session are you just there to be there or are you actually actively trying to create those relationships and get them better i love it that's some great advice with the love jordan um if people want to reach out to you they want to find you on social media how can they find you um i feel like i'm a big instagram person because you know just that person that lifts and posts it all the time but <laughs> my instagram's at jay tingman and my email i guess you can just DM me on Instagram. Nobody emails anymore. So <laughs> anybody actually has a question, they can talk to me like pretty open. Awesome, Jordan. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on this week. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. All right, everybody. Make sure you reach out to Jordan. Make sure you uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And everybody, stay strong. Look at that. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Wasn't that an awesome episode? So thank you so much for our sponsor. 
Optimum Nutrition Athletics. Make sure you guys reach out to Dave Harvey of Optimum Nutrition Athletics on how you can get that into your facility. Again, his information is down in the show notes. Thank you to our guests this week. Thank you to everybody that supports the podcast. Make sure you give it that five stars on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast at. And everybody, stay strong.